second. Okay, give me a second here. I'm actually <laughs> trying to make something happen here and it's just not cooperating. All right. All right. Again, we are welcome and on the ranch. I know Billy's already watching. Um, on the ranch, what we're doing is we're spanning the globe to bring you kind of the, the best in indie country music. And, you know, what we've been finding is country music's everywhere. It's in Canada. It's in South Africa, you know, and it does mean different things to different people. So we're really spanning our globe and uh, for some really good talent. And tonight with us, we have Christopher Wright, who's been rescheduled kind of from another night. So we're trying to pull this all together and make it all happen because he has some new stuff that we're trying to showcase here. So um, let me just, before I pull him on. Okay. All right, everyone. This is Christopher Wright. Yay! Hey, hey. How's it going? <laughs> Oh, it's going. It's Monday. <laughs> Man, getting back, getting back in from the from a good weekend of uh, playing and singing. It's uh, it's always interesting how the business end of it starts on Monday. Yeah, you know it does, and that's why, like, the better weekend you have, the harder Monday is. And, you know, fortunately, I don't know. I don't know if you've gotten a chance how much you know about my background, but I have. Uh, I've got seven years of sobriety, so my Mondays are a lot easier than they used to be. <laughs> so yeah, it used to be Mondays were a bitch, bro. But now they're they're much more manageable. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because you don't know my background. But I, actually, I saw. I, I went and looked through your stuff, man. I I, uh, I listened to some of your tunes out there too. So. Good. Yeah, I, I spent 30 years as uh, an adolescent addiction specialist. I saw that. So I've been really waiting to talk to you because uh, a lot of people in recovery really infuse their recovery and really have some really inspiring music based on their journey. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you, it's, it's a great outlet. It really is. And that's how I started writing back in the day. You know, I had a, um, a really nasty uh, drunk of a stepfather. And um, I eventually started my recovery, you know, from that through writing, you know, and through music. So is that when you started writing? You were writing before that. I know you were playing before that. Uh, I started, uh, let's see, the first song that I've actually gotten, but I've, as far as the cr the chronological order of things, the first, I recorded a song uh, called uh, uh, The Calm Inside of Me on our first album that we put out in 2019. I wrote that song, I think, when I was 15 years old. And it took 20-something years to get it out. So, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I started writing when I was young, but it was kind of like I do. I started playing guitar when I was like 11. So I was like, I'd kind of figure a couple chords. I'd write poetry. I really, I, I excelled in the writing side of schooling stuff. Not so much math, but definitely on, on the oratory side of things, I leaned, I guess. So, oh, okay. Yeah, man. I, 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 I just kind of, I dug poetry and the weirder, the better. So, that song was, uh, it's weird because it's its called the calm inside of me. And the essence of the song is is that, you know, I'm looking for wherever it is where 
I'm calm inside because I feel like there's a, like there's a storm brewing. And I had at 15 years old, I had no idea what I would do in my twenties and thirties. Right. So it was almost like I was kind of like Babe Ruth, like calling your shot to. <laughs> you know what I know? It's a lot of teens, you know, that are getting caught up in and doing crazy things. Um, they don't see themselves living past 25. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think you know? yeah, they don't see much past the screen that's in their hand, actually, Randy. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of long-term planning going on right there. You know? No, man. I've got a 17-year-old in our house, Texas, right now. And uh yeah, it's a totally different thing. Good thing is that she's a lot better child than I was at 17. <laughs> Thank God. So yeah, I was uh, already I'd already been to jail by the time I was her age. <laughs> and she knows all about that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I say, I I let her, I don't have, uh, you know, I think that was one cool thing about sobriety is that I, I was able to get honest with everybody. So all those things that, you know, like those skeletons in people's closets that bury people, man, I remember that. I, re I remember having to ah, fucking remember, oh, excuse my language, <laughs> sorry. Remember having to, uh, to like, you know, cover up a lie with another lie and forget about what lie am I telling right now? It's so exhausting yeah. even to remember what that was like. So, um, so yeah, just being totally honest and being transparent to the family and every, you know, practicing these principles in all our affairs. That's, I think that's what one of the suggestions was. And uh, yeah. if you're working the steps, isn't that a step like nine or something where you're, uh, I, I think, uh, well, that's, that's actually like in the, uh, that's kind of like it, like the intro of stuff, you know, that's, that's kind of like a, almost, I wouldn't say a mantra, but that's part of the, the promises, if you will. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's part of any good program. Yeah, know, man. To kind, of, to kind of mend bridges and absolutely, you um, gotta come. You gotta face up to the face up to all your shit. You know, <laughs> that's that, that's the hardest part too. Is it's like getting real, getting honest, and saying, you know, man, I own my whole side of the street, and and you have to list it out. Like, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, really, yeah. don't want to. Do I have to put this? <laughs> I have to leave this off, right? This is good. Right, right, right. <laughs> I had a really good sponsor back in those days, and uh, he was like, no, yeah, write that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you have to, like, I know the kids have to write a letter. I uh, had them write a letter to their parents, you know. Yeah, yeah. I had to do that, too, man. I, um, and and he he sent it back to me, like, four times. I had to give it to him first. I was, I had to write letters to my, my kiddos. I have two uh, children with a previous marriage and, uh, and I wrote a letter to Alexa and Savannah, you know, and, and before I, I sent it to them, I had to run it by Randy rest his soul three different times, I think. So yeah, I finally, I finally just mailed them. I, finally, I was like, okay, it's good enough. Not well, now, now we get to do that back in the day. It wasn't that easy, you know? Right. Like, Right. Yeah, yeah, to really come clean. And that's and then, it. So you started out with poetry, some kind of weird avant-garde stuff. Uh, eventually started writing verses and choruses. Yeah, and I kept, you know, I actually found that song 
my mom called me up one summer and was like, hey, come get all your stuff out of my garage because I'm going to throw it away. So I went over there and uh, started going through this little boxes of stuff that were from like middle school and high school and stuff in there. Do you know who the Indigo Girls are? Do you remember them? Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. So they had they had a, released an album called Closer to Fine. Yeah. Okay. So in that, there was like a sheet music and I wanted to learn how to play like Secure Yourself to Heaven or something like that. And because uh, I had heard it at like church camp or something so uh so i uh um i ended up uh, i i got that book it was a, the book was at this point it's 25 something years old and that's where i found that song that i wrote the common side of me because apparently i had written it and i shoved it in the back of that old song book i still got that book today. oh okay pretty cool i love those dudes freaking indigo girls if you've I'll play center stage whenever I, I'll cover it from time to time, and my wife can harmonize those parts. And uh, it, dude, it's a, it's always a, it's a good attention getter. <laughs> it is, it is, and the harmonies on that, forget it, forget it. They're so good. Yeah, she's got, she's got it down by now. But I, I, I will call her up like when she's least expecting it. Bless her heart. She's, <laughs> she's a good, she's a good. Uh, She's a good sport. <laughs> and it sounds like she's been up through a lot with you too. Like she knows the you. Well, we got, I'll tell you what we, so we got married in 2020. Um, and I had been already sober for several years, but when I first, we had our first date, I laid it all out for her, Randy. I scorched earth, man. First date. <laughs> like, I like, oh, that's, that's heavy. I, and, that's and heavy. you know, her response now, even when I hear her talk about us meeting, is that she just thought it was refreshing <laughs> that somebody was, she's like, nobody would make that shit up. Nobody, nobody would tell on themselves like that. <laughs> you know what? Here's my dating. Like, I have, I have so many songs about like dating apps and stuff, but um, the one date I had first day, I was like, all right, I'm going to come clean it. I shaved five years off my age. And he never spoke to me again. I mean, <laughs> Well, that is, that's, what's that? From all the other stuff I've been up to, like, come on now, if you couldn't handle that, then it's not going anywhere. Uh, that's funny. But, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're, we're on a road. We are on a road. So let's, let's start with this. I always ask early in, the, in your interviews. Because you weren't always into country music. You've been on a journey to country music. Man, I started listening to country music in my bottle days. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm talking about my baby bottle days. I grew up with uh, with like Hank Williams Jr. and Merle Haggard and George Jones and uh, Charlie Pride and golly man it seems like you know when i and i started growing up into alabama and then i just loved clint black and travis tritt and i mean obviously garth brooks was a big part of that and george Strait, forget about it man and then and then when i got into college it was guys like i was 1100 springs and it was uh, randy rogers and wade and god all those guys dude and the songwriters are Chris Christopherson, actually Wade Bowen is just a freaking awesome songwriter here in Texas too. And uh, there's tons of, there's so many. And I've been touring now for three years and I've gotten a chance to meet a lot of these guys and they're just so freaking kind and helpful. And just, it's just a, I don't know. It feels like an extended family. It's really cool. But a country has been a part of my life since the jump, man. And it's like, 
I mean, I still half of my closet's cowboy boots and I still got a bunch of buckles that I just barely earned. So, <laughs> so you ventured a little bit into kind of rock and punk and, and then you came yeah, right back. Well, I, I felt it, dude. I couldn't stay away from 1990s grunge oh, Seattle <laughs> sound, man. Yeah. I, I just love Soundgarden and Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell, you know, this like, all that stuff, man. Allison Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, all those guys. Mm. You know, but the Black Crows, dude, the blues uh, stuff. Yeah. The bluesier stuff is really cool. Like Nirvana is still a band I will never turn off. And I will sit in my car, like at the supermarket, singing in my car, like waiting for it to finish. Yeah. 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 yeah they got some, there's, you know, I, I saw this really cool thing. Like, uh, so if you go back and you listen to, okay, so Dave, Dave Grohl has a, uh, he's got like, you know how that, that in, uh, in Smells Like Team Spirit, you know how that drum beats like, right when it starts. So if you run that back to like some old seventies, like boogie stuff, dude, Dave Grohl came clean in fr uh, to a Pharrell on, on an interview and started telling him, he was like, dude, I got this from like, like these old seventies, like, pickups he's like man i've been he taught so he talked to the artist that did that this old 70s cat and uh, he goes man i've been dude i, I just gotta tell you dude I, i've just been stealing off of you for years he's like i know <laughs> <laughs> so cool yeah, yeah we we were not hardly in this in this industry what are you gonna do you know there's only so many chords and you you that's know. it man it's just making different flavors out of it what That's kind of what you do. What you do. You got to make it your own. Yeah. You sound too much like it, then own up to it. You know. That's it. So, what do you think? You want to listen to a song? Sure. All right. I can bring up right now. I have um, the Collin County Jail song. I could bring up, and then right. I'll have to work on bringing the other ones up because they're on my computer somewhere, and I don't know where they went. So we will work on it. Okay. So right now. Guys, we are going to listen to it. So tell us about your newest song here. Well, Collin County Jail is a, uh, it's a, it's a, well, first of all, I, the first time that I ever had to any experience there, I was 16 years old and I had, had a pellet gun incident that went awry. And, <laughs> and uh, anyways, the last time that I was in there um, was, uh, was, uh 2015 because i had gotten into some more trouble but in between i kind of caught plenty of different things i mean the state of texas has been trying to tell me to pull my head out of my ass for a while really and uh and um the last time i was i was in jail and um i i had a buddy of mine that was in there and i remember i was i was getting like booked in and i hear right you know, and I look around, I'm like, you know, I started thinking, I was like, man, if you're getting like your buddies are yelling your name when you're getting booked in jail there, because oh. they're there too, then you may be making some iffy life choices. <laughs> you, you're associating maybe with some people, you know, uh, there's some things yeah. you may want to change just suggestions that are coming from the universe at this point. Like, okay. You know what? That whole <laughs> People places things thing yeah. they come up with all the time. Maybe something to it, you know. Right, right, right. So uh, and then so I'm like I'm. It's freezing cold in there, and because I'm I'm only like 
170 pounds. I always get thrown on the top bunk. So I'm sitting there and I'm like freezing my ass off and I'm looking at this cross on my arm and I'm like, man, I'm sitting here uh, making deals with the ink on my arm in the Collin County Jail. That's the beginning of the uh, of the song. And uh, man, it's just a true story. And it was a lot. It, I said it's you know it's my first time in the Collin County Jail, but it sure as hell's my last. So that's the way I that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if we can't also share audio tab. Yes. Oh, that's on. Okay. So if I'm doing this right, we should be sharing right now. Right? Do you see it? I just see you and me right now. All right. Let me see here. Uh, let me change. Add to stay. Oh, here we go. There it is with sound. And here we go. And I hate to see you back in here, but I really hope that this is the last time you're going to be in here. It is. Good, man. I hope so. Either way, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed for you. Do you understand each and every one of these rights? All right. Making deals with the ink on my arm in the Collin County Jail. Faded lace on this Celtic cross reminds me how I failed. If I hadn't burned every bridge I'd cross, maybe they'd go my bail. Instead of making deals with the ink on my arm in the Collin County Jail. It's a fluorescent glare. A foxhole prayer to save my ass, amen. But if you get me out of here, good Lord, I won't come back again. Just of all the times I've lost, shit, I won't get back. It ain't my first time in the Cullen County Jail. I'm sure as hell's my last. You too many faces in here that I recognize. When they handed me my jumpsuit, they already knew my size. This time it don't seem to fit, cause now I realize. There's a few too many faces in here that I recognize. It's a fluorescent glare. A fox so rare to save my ass, amen. But if you get me out of here, good Lord, I won't come back again. Listen of all the times I've lost, and shit, I won't get back. It ain't my first time. You like the ramen in there? Old County Jail, sure as hell's my last.
PTSD when I hear those bars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm trying to ask you. I actually tried to film a video in in a jail, and I went to the local priest who I worked with, and they were like so hard ass. Well, mm. that's a security risk, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, everyone knows what your cells look like, dude. Like, stop. But yeah. they wouldn't even let me do it. Yeah. There's okay. So uh, we we did that at this. Um, so there was a private, um, a private owner bought the old, um, it's, it's actually, um, oh gosh, what's the town? It's, uh, right, right. Just here North of Dallas, like North of the colony, there's a, uh, there's a little area that the city hall actually was being moved. They were abandoning that building. And so there was a private owner that came in and, and bought it. And so it actually was a working jail for the city. So, but now a private owner owns it and he's like a music fan. So like all the, wow. rooms, are, all the rooms are like, um, like sound rooms. One of like the rotunda where they used to have like the city hall meetings is now like a stage where they have about a 75, you know, room venue. It's really cool. They have it. I mean, it's got all kinds of really neat stuff in there, but uh, well, they they left that jail operating so i mean i think it was i mean it was just being used as soon as three years ago so i mean it it felt it still smelled like piss let's put it that way dude. <laughs> i mean it still smelled like jail I, when i came home i mean if you've ever been to jail uh, you you know there's a smell and it you get it takes I, like I, believe it or not i've been there i used to be a task officer for the courts you know you what know? i'm talking about no, I did. So, you know, for people who don't know what that is, what I would do is I'd go into the jails and I'd be the one who says, you know, if this was a drug related case, I would send, try to get you into rehab rather than sitting in jail in the state of New right. Jersey. So, um, so yeah, I've been, I, I did a lot of youth work. So I was in a lot of the, the um, uh, it was for um, Hudson County. So only once or twice I had to go to the adult jails, but they were more polite to me in the adult jails because they knew what I was doing and they wanted out. Yeah. The kids, the kids weren't playing. Like, you know, they're, you know, they were just cursing and angry and pissed off. And yeah. That makes sense. But, you know, in the, in the adult jail, yes, ma'am. What do you, anything you want to know, ma'am? <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. They know the game. Yeah. Playing the game. They know the game, better. you know? They have already experienced the consequences of young dumbness. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? We all got to learn somewhere. Yeah. And rehab was looking a lot better, but some of the TCs were pretty tough too. The therapeutic communities, you know? Yeah, man. I had a, I had, dude, I bounced around through a bunch of those joints, dude. I mean, I was like, I think I went to, I mean, I can't, honestly, sadly, I can't even remember exactly all of them. I, I think there was at least six. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was weird. Cause I mean, I had a, I, I, I mean, I, 
as soon as like eight years ago, I mean, I was literally, I mean, I had my dog, I had a briefcase, I had my truck and that was it. And I didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, man. And it was, I was resigned to being okay with that, I guess. I mean, it, it took, I had acute liver failure in 2016. And uh, is, that, is that your rock bottom? Yeah. Yeah. I had, well, um, when I had the pastor for our church was dispatched to read me my last rites on September the 9th. So I had my, uh, my liver had shut down and then my pancreas shut down and my spleen ruptured. And, uh, they, uh, they were taking me off all of the, all the, all the stuff. And they were just like, there's nothing we can do because the liver just had shut down. And so there wasn't, there wasn't any transplant that was going to happen because I destroyed my liver right. you know so right it wasn't the odds weren't good so it's just like they're like we're taking them off that you know send in the priest and i see him in there i'm like what are you doing here bro like this shit is real now so uh so that scared me it scared me a lot i i i had that i had that um i mean i was in a coma for eight out uh eight days wow. uh medically induced coma where they took like all my they did like full dialysis took all the blood out put all the new stuff in because I like had a trach thing now breathing for me, all that shit. So, man, I remember thinking I just wanted the pain to stop. And then, and then everything got real calm all of a sudden. And then I thought, Oh shit, <laughs> this is it. And then, um, that was, that was a wake up call, but I will tell you this. Um, so I get healed up from that. So obviously I had to detox and all that stuff to get to that point. And then, uh, and then like a week and a half goes by cause they were going to send me to Florida to, um, Jacksonville to uh, the, uh, the Mayo clinic, uh, where they were going to be, cause they had just gotten the hep C cure. So a lot right. of the people that were on the list for liver transplants were getting cured. So there was like a hope at that point, it was October. 2016 medically look it up i mean that literally is when that thing came out it was a really crazy deal uh but but i got it they put on a golf tournament here for me and alan my coaches and like fraternity brothers and like all these people showed up to they raised like i think 12 grand or something like that sent me out there to put humpty dumpty back together again and uh man i started i remembered feeling like you know what all these people are doing this for me i didn't even think when i was sleeping on a park bench with my dog in my briefcase i literally thought that i nobody cared i had i had no because this disease isolates us you know that that it's oh, yeah. it wants you it wants you all by yourself it wants you and to you can engrossed in your own shit i mean you can't get out of it it's me 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 you it's hard to, to look around and see that other people are there reach back you know, you know and, I, and I think that I think that one of the saviors in my recovery was finding out that I wasn't the fucking center of the universe. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I realized that I that kids kids don't ever get. I mean, it's hard for them. And I think once adults hit that, yeah, there's hope. Yeah, you know? it is. You know? it's, it, it, it is. It's like, you know, like, you know, when you walk into a room and you think everybody's looking at it. No. Dude, nobody's fucking looking, nobody's at, looking you. at you. No, <laughs> nobody, nobody, really, nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. And then, and then you go when you walk into that room and you know that you're like, okay, you know what? <laughs> what am I doing? Why was I borrowing? My my grandmother used to say, "Don't be borrowing trouble." And I 
So smart. So smart. What a great way to say it. Borrowing trouble. So true. But Right. Oh, and it starts out young that send you center. I have, you know, kids, middle school can't walk into the cafeteria. Everyone's looking at you. And I'm like, no. Well, I wrote, you know, one of the songs, I don't know if you dialed this one. Did you, did you bring up the, uh, I've been to hell. You can have it. Cause that, um, let me check now because that, I think, I think we're going with plan B right now. Um, well, that was an older song. That was actually the first song that I ever put out on Texas radio that went to the top. Wait, what was it called? It's called I've Been to Hell. You Can Have It. I've been to hell. Um, you can... Let me see if I can find it. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. But anyways, the thing is, is that why you're looking for it. I, I, um, I had a, um, a buddy of mine named Scott called me up. He's, I used to do some adjusting work and I, we used to like travel all around the country together and Scott called me up. He's like, man, my girlfriend won't stop cheating on me. I can't now this job is just not working out and the cops are picking on me. And I'm like, dude, you know, you're the common denominator and all that. So, right. you know, like if you keep making decisions like you are right now, you already know what happened to me. You know what I mean? You're doing the same shit I was doing. I said, dude, I've already been to hell. You can have it. And, uh, I told that I just told, you know, the, 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 um, um, the birth of that song to all of these radio people in Texas. And they're like, oh man, that song is freaking killer, dude. That, that one was awesome. I had a guy call me up with like a PTSD and he's like, man, you know, that song freaking saved my life, man. I, oh name, man. His name's Troy. I, I, at the time, and I still talk to him. He actually is a manager now at like one of the Jersey Mike's here in, in Frisco. And uh, and he sent me a message. And I do. My wife and I, I remember having, he, he called me and Angela's sitting here to my right. And I remember right where we are, what road we were on. And he, because I'm like, man, you know, none of this stuff was getting any traction. I'm like, man, I'm just grinding out here on this thing. And I, I guess I just need to go back to work doing something different. And sure enough, out of the blue, Troy calls me up and he's like, dude, this is a kid that is a ranger in Iraq who has seen some things that humans just shouldn't have to see. So he had, like, we met through the program. So, I mean, like, I know his background and stuff. But, you know, what? he calls me up and he's like, man, I was sitting in my car in front of the house. He goes, dude, I've played Russian roulette a couple of times in my life. And obviously I've won every time or we wouldn't be having this conversation. But. I just want you to know I had my pistol in my lap and your damn song came on my playlist. And I listened to it once. I rewound it. I listened to it again. And I ran inside and I let my mom listen to it. Your song fucking saved my life. And I started, I got like chills. Yeah. Angela's got tears in her eyes. You know, I mean that, and that, that moment was that. And I tell him that too. I, I talk to him still. Uh, I mean, regularly. And um, <clears throat> I tell him, that that kept this thing on the tracks. That was the where that, that I think there was a purpose at that moment because I don't want to be a preacher and I don't want, dude. I'm I'm attraction rather than promotion. I don't talk like this to people out in public all the time. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah, you know, but it shows that when you get honest, yeah, and it comes out in your music, yeah, people, you know, feel it. You I know, and so. it's powerful music is so powerful. You know, what you choose to listen to at a time you choose to listen to it. So I did find it, by the way. Oh, cool. We did find it. So when we come back, 
we're going to talk about what music did for you as, as you move through all of this. But right now, let's listen to that song. Uh, share a screen with sound. Oh, wait a minute. Let me do one thing first. Huh. I'm, I'm glad you're doing all this because I don't know how to do any of <laughs> You know what? Like a, a couple seasons, like I, I, I made some mistakes. And I go, Troy, what my producer, Troy Soha from Blast Music 24-7. And I'm like, what do I do this? So next time I know how to do it. So like you keep making mistakes and you learn. That's what That's it, it is. All right. I've been to hell and you can have it. Is it on, Randy? Tapping on one side of the other, wondering what the other one said. Am I doing it right? Oh, am I doing it wrong? Why does it always have to sound like the same sad song? Yeah. 
me up Show me the way So that I can live to fight Another day Cause time is wasted All wasted time Waste your time Don't waste mine Fire your minister up to see before it's rabbit. I've been to hell. You can have it. I do think we had some um, sound issues at the beginning. I did solve that. So hope everyone got to hear that song. <laughs> Pretty amazing stuff. So you were going through all this, your liver, everything in jail. How important was music? So much for stop sharing. Okay. So when you were going through all this, how important was music to you? I I would expect that it would be pretty much everything. I think I think it's like just the thought of it, um, thought of something left undone. Um, somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, I heard someone say that the richest place in the world is a cemetery, and uh, because it's like all of those dreams and things that people didn't do when they were here um and i i thought about that and i think there was some sort of dude i found i found like this i found a meditation is a huge part of my life uh mm -hmm. stoicism is a big part lately but i think that when you know my my faith in and God was like, you know, I was pretty well shattered, but there was, there was a lot of stuff that I just didn't care about things. I mean, I knew everything. I knew there was supposed to be a relationship that was supposed to sustain relationships out here and doing this. But I was like, there, the only thing that I could really vibe to, I could feel it. I could feel it like kind of tune me up mm -hmm. was music, man. I mean, that sounds kind of, I don't know. That's, you know, I feel like I don't, there's not a cliche answer to it because there's really there's a tuning fork, you know, that, that kind of that would go off and tell me, you know, you're not done yet. You know, you've got something to do. There's and it, it came in the form of, of sounds, you know, I mean, okay. it just makes it made sense. And I needed to get some stuff out. So it, that I found that was the purpose. And then, I mean, once I once I finally realized that you know that it was like yeah hold on and now i can do this and maybe maybe that i have the opportunity if one person can you know benefit from this 
fuck, I did my job. Right. And that, you know, I mean, and that's it. And so, okay, well then rinse and repeat, you know, and then find out, you know, and then surround myself with like amazing freaking songwriters in Nashville and just like working. I did 120 shows the last two years. So, you know, we're just playing a bunch of venues and we're, we've put out, I mean, like two EPs and now three singles is what we've got. And, and we're working with Ray Wiley Hubbard right now, man. I mean, like I never thought in a million years, we're actually going to do a thing on our socials this week. Um, Ray wanted to show me a picking pattern and, uh, we were at, he had a show at the Kessler the other night and, uh, he invited me out to get in the green room and everything with him. And he showed me that picking pattern. I actually have it signed. I, I had it write, write it out on a, uh, on a paper towel in a Sharpie. And I had him, I told him to go ahead and sign it just for me. <laughs> Cause not every day that you get to sit down with a legend and have him, have him, uh, show you a little remedial guitar. Oh my God. What an opera. That's awesome. That's awesome. What I'm also hearing too is how you're using music to go from this self-centered person and using music to be the connection with, with God, with people, you know, it's your medium. I, I think, I, I think that's what's happening. I think that what I, my job is ultimately is to get out of the way. I think that, um, I think that most importantly is that, um, that I, I think I wake up and I go to bed and I try to like, try to get outside of myself kind of thing, you know, and say, Hey, you know, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, cause when I'm driving the bus, it's careening off the side of the highway and into a bar ditch. But if I can turn those keys over to somebody else, it's a lot more capable to drive than I, and I think that it has everything to do with spirituality, faith and meditation is about listening. I think, um, <clears throat> and I, I think I'm just trying to learn how to listen a little bit better. And every now and then, maybe when I'm listening, maybe a song or two will come by. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Well, um, I do a lot of mindfulness. I have, I've run anxiety groups for 20 years, I think, you know, and teaching kids, I think if kids can get that skill early on. They're so far oh, ahead. Oh yeah, man. You know, and it's really about accepting where you are. And that's such a hard concept. Yeah. You know? Cause you don't always like where you are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and every day is, I mean, shit, every day it's like, you know, you're going to start over, you know? So it's like, you know, and sometimes the day is like, God, I got to start over again. I, I did really good. Can I just relax and not do that? No, you, this isn't something that we graduate from. <laughs> we're, we're always in this thing. So we're always going to be uh, working towards uh, what, what can we do? But I, man, and Ray is really good about reminding me of this is that if we're, if I'm helping somebody else and I'm in a solution, man, I'm not thinking about myself, dude, mm -hmm. life is better. <laughs> you see? Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. hard, but, but then there's that little thing that, that flips in your mind is like, hold on, but I got all the stuff that I need. <laughs> you know? I'll take that back. I'm going to grab that will back because you know what? I, I'm too, I'm too spoiled for that. That's the sixth step is that where we're working on that. It's like being, being willing to let it, to let it all go. It's like, uh, wait, not, but not this thing. I, I got to keep this because, you know, that's my vice. <laughs> well, you know what? It is the music business, you know, yeah. 
So there is some marketing and maybe, oh, yeah. maybe you know, it has oh. to be involved. For you know, sure, man. It does yeah. not come natural, you know, to do that, you know, to say it's all about the song and here's the song, here's the song, here's the song. Please listen, please listen, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. To get yourself out there. It, it's it's not easy. It really isn't. And then there's and there's so much noise. How do you get through it, you know? Let's see, Paul Castiglia, I'm with you, Christopher, on how much you gain inwards when you're reaching outwards. What's up? No doubt. Yeah. It's crazy how that is. I think someone said someone said something and it made no sense to me when I was still like jaundice yellow and vibrating. Someone, somebody was, uh, someone said, um, um, the more, uh, let's see, the more you give it away, the more you keep it. And I was like, what the hell are you, what does that even mean? And I, yeah. it, it, just, it didn't make any sense, but man, I totally get it. <laughs> totally yeah. get it. You're right, Bob, for sure. For sure. All right. So let's see what other song. Um, let me go back here. Stop. I want to go back. Um, and there was another one we wanted to listen to a good time to quit a good one. Was a good that one it? To yeah. A good one to quit on. Yeah. We just, uh, a buddy and I, uh, Doug Falcons and I wrote that song together in my apartment out there in Nashville uh, earlier this year. And, uh, man, it just kind of, it was one of those songs where, you know, actually I ran it by Ray and, uh, he's like, dude, I hear the Rolling Stones in this country music. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that whatever, right? And okay, so I, I, I basically there was a thing that kind of went on where I was going to get a promoter. I'm going to try to not like completely get way off topic over here, but so I was going to produce a song here in Denton, and uh, we were going to use a different place. And uh, anyways, there was a pricing thing, there was a royalties thing, da 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 da, business stuff. You get it, and it was well, we. I was like, you know, I didn't feel good about it. It was red flags and everything. So. I mean, I have Ray as a as a resource, so I was like, "Hey, bro, can I can I bend your ear for a minute?" And he's like, "Well, what are you trying to do here?" And I was like, "Well, I'm trying to record these songs." He's like, "Send them over to me. This is my best Ray Wiley ever." And uh, <clears throat> anyways, well, uh, so after we get them all over there, this is like in March. Well, so a couple weeks go by, month goes by, almost two months go by. So we're in May, and and all of a sudden I get a phone call from Ray. I'm fixing to get into the shower, and I'm like. Ray Wiley Hubbard's on my cell phone. So I'm going to shut the, you know, I'm like, go ahead and take the call. <laughs> and then I'm like, Hey bro, what's, what's up? Because I was, I, I mean, I, I thought that it was kind of like, Hey, you know what? I got to put my four songs in front of my hero. If anything else, today's a good day because I got that opportunity, whatever. I wasn't even really expecting much. And, uh, and yeah. And so he comes to me like, I need you at in dripping Springs at the zone studios. Pat Mansky's going to, be your producer my son lucas hubbard is gonna play the guitar and the mandolin and the harps and we're gonna bring tobin dale from nashville in to play slide guitar on this thing and i'm like what oh so my God. We like, listen. Uh, let's listen to this yeah um we're gonna share hold on let me do this right this time. Add to stage. I'm gonna make it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot we had the. I forgot about this one. Yeah, is this the right the right one? 
Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah, we cut that over at six one three media. Yep. All right, here we go. I was pretty good at knocking them back. But I swear this time I had my last. Sometimes when I close my eyes, those nights come pouring back. It ain't no secret I got my regrets. Like too many words that never got said. If you're gonna leave, then you better believe. Make a night that you won't forget. Like an old wrong rider hanging up his saddle. One last run and try to bring a buckle back. I need a good one to get home. Now I'm burning every bit of this. I quit cigarette, waiting on the taste of your goodbye kiss to be gone. Make it a good one to get home. I still remember the first time, first car, first love, first fight. I'm right there in living color instead of this black and white. Like an old rock rider hanging up his saddle. One last run and try to bring a buckle back home. I need a good one to put on home. Now I'm burning every bit of this high quit cigarette. Waiting on the taste of your goodbye kiss to get gone. Make it a good one to put on. Some fighters keep on fighting long past their prime. It's making as good as it ever was. Dropbox? No, I oh. I couldn't find it on my computer. I had to go back to YouTube, so I've been scrambling a little bit. Okay. So um, that was from your YouTube, and I can't wait to hear the, the studio production of that. Yeah, it's 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 sick, man. It's like uh, it's got a it's got a sweet, slick little uh, uh, dobro sound in it. It's it's good. It's really good. Yeah, That's I worked good. with a, a cat, Anthony Krizan, who used the Dobro, and it's so sweet when it's used right and not overdone, yeah. and you know, yeah, really yeah, it's it's got a it's got kind of a uh, like it's got like that little 
like a Rolling Stones kind of ran it. I said the Rolling Stones is kind of like a like a it's like a southbound train through Louisiana with some like boudin wheels. <laughs> it's just swampy, kind of gritty, bluesy, you know? That's what I'm looking for. Something dirty like that. <laughs> Something with like a, a bunch of E's. I like I'm I'm loving I'm loving a lot of drop D lately too. So it's like uh there's been a there's been a, a lot of uh are you a big Cody Johnson fan by chance? Do you know who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. I haven't listened very much, but drop D makes me nervous. I, I can't remember open tuning, yet alone like play with the, the tunings and drop D and uh. there there's a uh um there's a song like uh there's I think it's like it's just that that low end just sounds good to me for some reason. But that um, that song, Center Stage, the Indigo Girl song, it's uh, in the what is it? Uh, Something like that, or is it? Uh, let's see, how does that song go? It's a. Uh, oh, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, shit, man. Why? I just like got stumped on the lyrics. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I do this. I'm in my music room right now and this is what happens yeah, here. All right. well we did listen to some your, your new stuff which i really really am digging which i'm really digging so we have a couple minutes left christopher where can people find you uh christopher right music.com um there's a uh all over the facebook instagram itunes christopher right music on uh youtube I think we have a TikTok, all that good stuff. It's it's everywhere out there. So um, all that streaming. Any shows, Any shows coming up? Yes, ma'am. On our if you go to ChristopherWrightMusic.com on the link, it's got our tour page, and we've got man, I think we've already got like thirty something shows booked for twenty twenty four. So it's it, we're in a better place right now than we were last year. That's good. That's that's onward and upwards, man. That's what yeah. you want to be doing. Yeah, that's what you want to be doing. Yeah, buddy. So Really good stuff. Really good. And, and when's your EP? You drop. You dropping singles. You're dropping EP. Well, I'm just doing, I think I'm just doing the singles. Um, and then what I want to do is I want to wrap all those. I'm gonna take like the three or four singles that we're putting out right now, and then I I want to at the end of the year or maybe towards August or something like that have about five or six more and just do a full LP. There you go. Keep putting them out and put them together and start all over again. Right. Do you like putting out videos? Not so much. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that it's necessary. I feel like that it's. I feel like that that's kind of especially with the metrics and stuff that you need. I feel like just getting your um, your YouTube stuff a little stronger, your video game. Because I mean, like it, it would be helpful. Like for, for example, here, you know, I mean, if I had a little bit more of a library to choose from, so. Yeah, yeah, I think over the years, throughout throughout the years, we'll just continue to to put out more and more 
Cool stuff. We've got some really neat people that we're working with, though. 613 Media in Fort Worth. There's freaking awesome. Guy named Trenton. He's done a lot of work with, like, Randy Rogers and Charlie uh, Crockett. And I know he's <clears throat> he's doing a bunch of stuff with the guy, I think, Parker McCollum. Um, so he's good. It's fun to work with all these folks. So if you surround yourself with the right people, it's almost like you're not really working. It's not. <laughs> it's fun. And then money, you got to do the – I have to get really – uh, discipline to do the marketing and the back end yeah. of the music business, you know? Yeah. So weekends you play, your shows you play and have fun and you're a your little kid in a sandbox and everyone's invited yeah. into your sandbox. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, okay. Real quick, because it's going to drive me nuts if I don't do this. Can I, can I share this song right here with you real quick? Real quick. We have two minutes. Okay, do you remember? I just want to see if you just remember the first part of this. It's like. Laughing in a crown of jewels, a numbness from a scepter's wound, tossed and turned, I spent and learned. Catch yourself before you burn The jokers dance before the king The jingling beads a silver ring Close your eyes and bear the sound The jumping up, falling down on oh. Falling, 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 falling down. Look yourself in the eye before you drown. I think that's pretty fitting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Thank you, Chris, for hanging out for a little bit. I'm so glad we made this work tonight. It was great having you guys. We've been on the ranch. This is produced by Blast Music 24-7. My producer, Tro Soho, you're awesome. And we'll see you right back here next Monday. I'm on the road. Don't know where it goes. I'm on the road. Follow your heart. Beyond your way